um, as we're talking about, um, one of the things that's still causing a lot of stress to Shirley is that Dana is still in jail. She's in the Travis County Detention Center in Dell Valley. And her situation, Dana's situation is still really very much up in the air. Um, there's a caseworker involved, and she's got a, a lawyer and, that apparently has some, it's a public defender, but has a little bit of experience working with mental cases like Dana has. Um, but they're still waiting on the grand jury to decide whether to move forward with an indictment, uh, which nothing else can really be done until the grand jury decides what they want to do. And so what we would like to pray is that the grand jury decides to no-bill her because it's, she, she, she doesn't need to be in, doesn't do anybody any good. In the meantime, Dana's in, is in a cell by herself because the sheriff's department doesn't want to be liable for her going bonkers and injuring another prisoner. And so Dana's just, um, Dana's even more miserable than usual and Shirley's walking a very thin line, what she can do and can't do for her. And I know the stress is just, and I, I, only Jesus knows how he's going to solve the situation with Dana. Um, so let's just stop and pray for them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we cry out to you for Dana's healing and deliverance. We declare that Jesus is Lord in Dana's life. That Jesus is Lord spiritually and emotionally, physically, neurologically, Jesus Christ is Lord over Dana's life. And Lord, we trust you that the people who are making decisions that will affect her life will be wise and sensitive to you and giving her the care that she needs. And Lord, we lift Shirley up to you. And Lord Jesus, we speak to the this distortion of the muscles and the nerves up and down her spine. And Lord, we just speak perfect peace to her body right now in Jesus' name. But we don't know exactly what's causing the pain or where it's being caused, but you do, Lord. And we just, we say in Jesus' name, be healed. Jesus Christ is healing Shirley now. Jesus Christ is healing Shirley now and giving her perfect rest spiritually and emotionally and physically to lift this weight off of her Lord in Jesus name Amen Amen That's right That's right That's right I will Okay so so tell me what this is a picture of. Now, this is this is St. Peter's Square. Um, on Easter Sunday. And, of course, 
All these people are here to celebrate Jesus Christ being raised from the dead and washing away their sins and setting them free forever, right? How many of these people are here to worship? And and here's another thing. I bet parking on Easter Sunday at St. Peter's Square is horrible. No. How many of these people are here to worship Jesus? Uh, Maybe a few. But the big deal on St. Peter's Square on Easter Sunday morning is what? The Pope makes his Pope. He does his Pope thing. He he poperizes. Um, He gives. He he leads somehow everybody in an Easter Mass, uh, which you can't even understand because it's usually in Italian. Uh, But Anyhow, I don't know. There's like a million people who show up. And, and those... I don't think that they're sitting in chairs, are they? I think they're just standing there. And, and you know, and the, then the Pope, at the end, the Pope jumps off and they like crowd serves all the way to the back or something like that. It's, um, this is a, a massive amount of humanity there. Uh, but... Are they really there to worship Jesus? Are they really there to receive from Jesus? That's a lot of people. That's a huge crowd. Um, Man. Remind you of the Antioch Declaration because this is for for me how I'm beginning to contextualize how Paul preaches. What you're seeing in all the Paul's sermons is how the gospel was really, truly preached in those days. I mean, Billy Graham had his style. You know, uh, Charles Stanley has his style. Um, all great preachers have a particular approach. We're seeing Paul's approach. He hardly ever used poems. He didn't have a PowerPoint. He just, he just basically was telling people three things. I want you to know that through Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Point number one. Point number two. And if you believe in him, you're going to be freed from all things from which you could not be freed by all of your own human effort. All the things you're struggling with, all the things you're burdened down with, all the things that you are overwhelmed by. um, the, The basic brokenness of the human condition, you'll be freed from that As you put your trust in him. And all he asks you to do. Continue in the grace of God. How many times. How can we do this? Can we like have t-shirts made up that say. Continue in the grace of God. Could we maybe bookmarkers for our Bibles that say continue in the grace of God. Can somebody make us posters that say continue in the grace of God. Because that's our only instruction. Continue in the grace of God. Jesus has got all the rest of this. You know those bands that Laura passed out to everybody that says God's got this? You know why that's important? Because God's got this. All we need to do is continue in the fact that God's got this. Continue in the grace of God. Just keep trusting Him. Right, so and then it's, so he, he proclaims this message. Then the Holy Spirit shows up. With miraculous results. His job. 
let people know those three points? God's job is to do everything else. All right, so now we're still kind of in Lystra. You know, we started at Antioch over here. We went through Cyprus. We went up through Pamphylia and up to Antioch, Pisidia. Then we went to Iconium, and now we're in Lystra. Uh, And Lystra, um, last week, this happened. At Lystra, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet. He was lame from his mother's womb. He had never walked. And this man was listening to Paul as he spoke. And what was Paul saying? He was listening to Paul saying what? Your sins are forgiven. You're being, if you trust Jesus, you'll be set free from everything else that you couldn't be set free from any other way. Just continue in the grace of God. He heard that message. It, it clicked in him. While he was listening to Paul, Paul looked him straight in the eye and saw that suddenly he had the faith to be made well. And Paul said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leapt up and began to walk. It wasn't just that he had, I don't know that it was that, this, this Greek word here doesn't necessarily mean this man had suddenly had the faith to believe that he was going to have his feet healed. He suddenly had faith that Jesus was going to enter his life and change him forever. And Paul saw that look on his eyes, and the Holy Spirit nudged him and gave him the, the direction to command him to stand up and walk. Um, and that was awesome, and it was amazing, but look what happens next. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they raised their voice, saying in the Lyconian, Lyconian language, and does anybody here speak Lyconian? Um, this would be a, a great time to, to say yes, because I don't know. You could just rattle off anything. You could just start speaking in tongues for all we would know. I have no idea what they like. But they all started speaking in the Lyconian language. It's kind of weird because uh, the, the two main languages that were spoken, especially up here, were Greek and, and a little Latin, but mostly Greek. So these people were so blown away by what they saw that they just relapsed into their native tongue and were just starting to speak Lyconian. The gods have come down like men, and they've come down to us. And they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds in worship of Paul and Barnabas. Okay, so let's stop and, and just get a little of a historical setting. Um, one of the main temples for the worship of Zeus was in Lystra. Zeus was like uh, all across the Roman Empire, uh, Zeus was, you know, because Zeus was the head of all the gods. He was the father of all the gods, right? And then Hermes was like the spokesman for Zeus. And uh, in Latin, Hermes' name is Mercury. And does anybody know what, what national brand uses Mercury, the picture of Mercury, with the helmet and the little wings uh, with him like this as part of their logo? 
What? Uh, you would think Mercury car. FTV, FTD, the, the, the florist, the, the, the wire florist, the people who buy. Uh, and why, why they have mercury for, I don't know. Because <laughs> it's just really, really speedy, zoom. So, but they, I'm pretty sure that this is the, that in, in spite of the fact that they worship Zeus all the time and people came from all around to worship Zeus in this big fancy temple, they never had, any, they never had Zeus actually show up because, because why? Because, because Zeus is, isn't, it, isn't even a thing. Zeus is like a statue. Uh, so, uh, so you can imagine how the temple, the priests in the temple felt when people who acted like gods showed up. It was like, yes, yes, I did it, I did it, I finally made it work. We've got to have a little big party. <laughs> let's get some oxes. <coughs> let's have barbecue. Uh, let's have a big street party. Let's call Channel 7. Because, and so, um, they've been waiting all these years, they've been waiting for their religion to mount to something. Uh, most disappointment ever and waiting for Zeus to show up. But then all of a sudden, here come these two guys. And stuff is happening. So they're, th- they're ready to throw a big party. Uh, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard it, they tore their robes. Um, and that's the, like the most violent expression of anger and sadness and despair. It's like my, my life is, I just, I, this is the most horrible thing that could happen to me. So they tear their robes in, in grief. They tore their robes and they rushed into the crowd crying out and saying, Wait, wait, why, why are you doing these things? We, we are just men of the same nature as you. And we preach the gospel to you so that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that's in it. Wait, we are just, we are not gods, not gods. Uh, hi, my name is Paul. Nice to meet you. This is my friend Barnabas. We are not Zeus and Hermes. We are just regular guys. We're just here. We're just here to tell you about Jesus we are also men of the same nature as you. We are just like you. Uh, we like pizza. Um, we like watching Netflix. Um, we, we all cheer for the cowboys. Um, we're just like you. We're just normal guys like you. Uh, we sin just like you. We fail just like you. Um, we are not gods. The only reason we're here is to tell you that you should turn away from these vain things... Those vain things being Zeus and Hermes. That you should stop trusting those guys and start trusting God. He's the one who made the heaven and he's the one who made earth and the sea and all that is in them. We're just regular guys. We just, we're just here to tell you about Jesus. And everything else that happened here is Jesus. Jesus showing up. Jesus confirming his word. Jesus doing the work. Jesus reaching out to love you and help you and heal you. It's not us. It's not anything to do with us. Stop it. Stop it. Rock star religion. Yeah. And then 
Paul says, In the generations gone by, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he did not leave himself without a witness. This is, okay, this is another part of you know, when, when Paul really gets going in a sermon, he will throw in some stuff like this. Uh, yet he did not leave himself without a witness in that he did good and he gave you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. God has always loved you. He's always been bringing good into your life, even though you, you weren't aware of him and you didn't care about him and you were following a bunch of non-sentient rocks called that you picked up a rock and named it Zeus and another rock and you named it Hermes. Um, <clears throat> In spite of that, God's always been here. He's always loved you. He's always taken care of you. But now he wants to enter into your, your life in a more amazing, awesome way. And even saying these things, it was with difficulty that they restrained the crowds from offering sacrifices to them. In other words, the crowd was out of control. They weren't going to listen to Paul and Barnabas. Uh, which is another way of saying they, were, they weren't going to listen to Zeus and Hermes, I guess. If they were, if they were, well, this is sort of a conundrum. If Zeus and Hermes are telling you that they're not Zeus and Hermes, what, what are you supposed to do with that? I don't know, but it didn't do any good. It could just barely slow them down. And why does this happen? Because crowds are subject to mob spirituality. Have you ever heard that term before? Mob spirituality. We've got... So you've got mob mentality, you've got mob psychology. Uh, why shouldn't there be mob spirituality? When you get a whole crowd of people stirred up, uh, crowds get carried away with what everyone else is hyped about, and they jump on the FOMO train. What is FOMO stand? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. I put. Fear of missing out. The. The, the social media these days has created or uh, tapped into an, an entire generational neuroses where people are on, they're on social media all the time, all the time, all the time because they're afraid that something will happen and they'll be the last one to know about it. And they'll, somebody will be invited somewhere and they won't know about it in time to go. There's a fear of missing out, fear of not being... And so these people... Uh, who most of them may not even have heard of Zeus or cared about Zeus or Hermes, maybe never went to the temple before. Uh, now the whole mob is getting excited and they're getting everybody whipped up and everybody wants to catch, everybody wants to be in on the thing. I, well, I, was, I saw Zeus and Hermes today. Uh, well, I'm telling my grandkids one of these days about the time that Zeus and Hermes showed up here at Lystra and I, and I got their autograph. I mean, they were just all freaking out and carried away Everybody, here's, everybody knew that something had happened. Most people didn't have any idea what really happened. Even though P Paul and Barnabas are doing the best they can to drive this point home, they were just excited because everybody else was excited. And they didn't want to miss out on part participating in this excitement. And maybe getting Zeus and Hermes to come and hang out with them too. Rock star religion wasn't not just confined to ancient Lystra. It's, it can infect any of us. All right. So 
I'm going to push this button again. In the kingdom of God, no rock stars, just Jesus. Can we say that together? No rock stars, just Jesus. Okay? Or we could turn it around and say, in the kingdom of God, we are all rock stars because of the, because of the Antioch Declaration and because of the, the Acts Power Principle. We are all controlled, as we are filled and controlled with the Holy Spirit and we put our trust in Jesus. We could all be rock stars, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But the point is that it's not about the rock stars. It's about Jesus. It's not about rock stars. It's all about Jesus. So, the body of Christ over the years has had a history of gravitating towards rock stars. Uh, I'm just throwing out a few here. Oral Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman, Reinhard Bonnke, which is mostly uh, South Africa, African continent, a little bit in Europe. Uh, Benny Hinn. I can make a whole list of people who have become acclaimed for, the, for their ministry. And people would line up outside just... To, to get close to the rock star. Rock star. Maybe I can get him to, to pray for me. Maybe I can get her to pray for me. Maybe God will show up. If I can just get close enough to Catherine Kuhlman, if I can just get close enough to Reinhard Bonnke, if I can just get close enough to Benny Hinn uh, and have some sort of experience, and then, and then my life would just be all fine. It would be all better again. Um, but look at this. John chapter 14, verse 12. Let me get this set up here. Jesus is having a conversation with Philip. Uh, Jesus is is trying to prepare his disciples for the fact that he's about to go to the cross. And then he's going to ascend into heaven and he's not going to be here anymore. And he's trying to explain this to Philip by saying, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you, things like that. And... Uh, and, and, and Philip is basically going, Jesus, stop saying that. Don't say that. You're, you're creeping me out. Man, just don't, you know, uh, we couldn't function without you. We, you have to be here, Lord. We, you are our Lord, and, and we, we need you to be our leader and take, us, take care of us. And Jesus says, look, uh, oh, you say you're going someplace, and I don't even know where you're going. And, and, and Jesus said, uh, uh, yes, you do. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so just trust me, Philip. Just trust me. If you, if you can't trust me by the words I'm saying to you right now where I'm saying trust me, at least trust me because of the works that you saw me do that demonstrate to you who I am and what I'm doing. And, bonus, Philip, anybody who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these who we do because I go to the Father. This is one of the most loaded promises that personally out of Jesus' mouth when he said basically he's saying to Philip, Look, Philip, I've got to go to heaven so the Holy Spirit can come, because I'm in the flesh right now and I can only be at one place at a time. But once I'm gone, the Holy Spirit's gonna be poured out on all the believers. And then the same things that you saw me do will start happening over and over and bigger and bigger in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine. 
So what this tells me is that the kingdom of God is not about rock star religion. The kingdom of God is about each of us receiving the Holy Spirit, putting our faith in Jesus, and then letting God work through us. All, and Paul was trying so hard to just say, wait, we're just regular guys. The Holy Spirit is working through us, but honestly, it's not about us. We're, we have the same nature as all you Lyconians. We're just regular guys. Surrendered to the Holy Spirit. We're just surrendered to the Holy Spirit. We're just surrendered to the Holy Spirit. All Paul did, start with the Antioch Declaration, then the power of Jesus showed up, doing his works through, and it confirms the truth. We're telling people about Jesus. We're living our testimony. We're sharing our testimony. And then the Holy Spirit shows up. We're not special. We're just loved by the king of the universe. That's all. I guess that does make us kind of special. But, um, but we're, we're not uniquely special. We are all loved. We are all empowered. And, and, when, and when we run into a situation, we start looking for, we need prayer, we need some kind of help. We start looking for some kind of a Christian rock star that we can call. Oh, we just need to call James. James will know what to do. Uh, um, or we can call Gene Hall. Or we can call Randy. Um, we can call... Well, I, I'm, I need a rock star. I need somebody uh, that l- looks like they know better, Jesus better than I do. Uh, now, we're all here to support each other. I'm not saying we're, we do this by ourselves. But you don't have to wait until Benny Hinn comes to town to have somebody pray for you. Um, We are loved and empowered by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we can pray for Dana and for Shirley in the name of Jesus. We don't even have to be in the same room with them. We just can reach out our hands in the spirit and say, Lord Jesus, be glorified in their situation. Uh, Lord, you, you remember the little guy from last week who had, Paul could see in his face that he had the faith to be healed. He just had the expectation that God was going to show up and do something. And that's all we really need if we're talking about that kind of faith. Paul recognized that kind of faith as an expectation that God was about to do something that was going to change everything. Instead of us saying, oh, well, we might as well pray. Nothing else has worked. That's not, you know, that's not an expectation prayer, don't you, right? An expectation prayer is, I'm, going, I'm taking this to Jesus right now, and I can't wait to see what he does. I know God loves me. I know God's faithful. I know God never fails. And in the name of Jesus, I'm stepping out, and I can't wait to see what Jesus does with this thing. That's the kind of faith we're talking about. Uh, and that puts us in the position where God can use us and speak through us and honor his promise to us, which is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses and miraculous things will happen. Not every miracle involves a, guy, a crippled man getting up and walking. Sometimes a miraculous uh, manifestation means that a marriage is healed 
or that somebody who was addicted is set free, or um, <clears throat> just people become freed from things for which they, from which they could not have been freed under the law of Moses. That make sense? Lift up Jesus above all. He draws crowds to himself. We don't want to draw crowds to stars. We don't want to draw crowds to a church or to a ministry or to a personality. In the kingdom of God, it's his kingdom, his glory, his power forever. That's, that's the beginning and the end. We are regular people through whom Jesus consistently promises to do miraculous things. So I want you to just turn around and look at somebody right now and say, um, you look like a rock star for Jesus. Okay, if you... If you're, if, if, uh, um, and Jesus is going to use you, Jesus is going to use all of us to rock somebody else's world through his power. Okay? So, just, I just want to wrap this up by encouraging you. You need is an ex, a spirit of expectation. Instead of going, oh no, I guess I better pray. Oh wow, I wonder what Jesus is going to do with this. I wonder how Jesus is going to manifest his glory in this situation. Uh, Don't panic. Praise and trust him. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do trust you. We do bless you. We do believe, Lord, that above all, you are the rock star. You are the king. And I ask, Lord, that in each of our lives and in this church, you would begin to do amazing things through ordinary people that would point eyes and hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen.